All right, welcome back to week 47 of 2023. This is episode 18 of Stern's Tech Talk, and I'll go ahead and get some of the channel-specific notes out of the way. Uh, as always, feel free to check us out on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, also, we are finally active on YouTube, which is not yes. only great for the fact that we're expanding to another platform, but this is also beneficial for you as a listener as you're able to utilize YouTube's chapter feature and skip ahead to any topics that are up you know, a point of interest for you. Yeah. Uh, if, if you are checking us out on Spotify and would like to listen to us on YouTube, there is a link near the top of the description below. Uh, we also definitely have plans to add in video recording, not just the standard audio that we've been doing, uh, but video here in the next uh, few months to come. Uh, as we know, that's a little bit more engaging. So, uh, But with that being said, uh, the iPhone 15 Pros will experience another level of speed, but is it a speed that the 15s should be enabled with, the base 15s? So once again, Minchi Kuo brings us an update in relation to the next year's iPhone models, and I'd say it's a bit of an important one. Um, it's nothing new that all of the 2023 iPhones will house USB-C, mm-hmm. uh, but in his latest report, Kuo states that the iPhone 15 Pro and 15 Ultra will boast either USB 3.2 at 20 gigabits per second or Thunderbolt 3 at 40 gigabits per second transfer speeds. Which is great, but with non-pro prices comes non-pro features. Um, The base 15 and 15 plus will only come with USB 2.0, which for those of you who aren't aware is what all current iPhones, base and pro, use which caps at about 480 megabits and in all honesty real world experience is probably even slower than that you said 15 plus they're still going to release a plus next year we have no we have no well, i mean or it's rumor discontinued we have no well we have no rumors that they're going to discontinue it like they did with the mini for the 14 series i hope they wouldn't release it from like the amount they haven't really done well this year why do they expect a different result next year at this point in time, we have nothing to confirm, no rumors. Uh, I assume um, I would have to keep track of um, Ross Young. Okay. Yeah, I would. I, I think he would probably be the one that would probably say that because he would know which displays are being used. And if there is a lower tier display that's the same size as the um, Ultra or somewhere above the Pro, that would know whether we get a um, 15 plus. Gotcha. Well, in regards to um, what you're saying, I think, in my personal opinion, from what we discussed for the 15, we've we've agreed upon that there should be very wide-span differences, right? That's how Apple has wanted it to be. In regards to charging, I don't think there should be a difference on that one. I think you should have very similar charging capabilities, very similar um, data transfer I don't see a reason why you need to make that so wide span different right there. There's, I yeah. That's just my Once opinion, again, Apple is just doing the bare minimum as far as specs, while pretty much charging top dollar prices for yeah. you know the same products as previous. Yes. And uh, personally, I kind of feel like it's as if Apple said to the EU, "You're going to make us use USB-C. Well, we're going to use that as an advantage to a selling point for our Pro line." 
So it's just, it's unfortunate. It's yeah. kind of it's kind of, yeah. It's, it's Apple for it. It's kind of what we've had to deal with and experience in the past, and not much has changed. Um, personally, I just I don't know why you have to jip the average consumer on the base base uh, model, but that's that's kind of where we are right now, especially uh, according to Ming Chi Kuo, which is which is he which he's frequently accurate. So I have no reason to believe that this wouldn't be the case. Plus, it's no probably very not Apple esque. Yeah. Oh yeah, it definitely sounds like a move Apple would make for sure. Uh, and then actually, speaking of Apple, this is some quite unfortunate news. We've heard of Apple having lawsuits put against them for various reasons. And uh, this is just another one thrown into the bucket here. Uh, this is off of MSN and they uh, say Apple's being sued for collecting user data despite opt-outs. Um, basically, what happened is the defendants and his legal team are hoping to turn the suit into a class action centered around Apple's uh, share iPhone iPad analytics and allow apps to request to track settings. Basically, what they found was Apple's we're not going to track you kind of thing with this data. There, they, I guess what they kind of researched and what they found was that there was one specific thing that they they were being tracked upon. Because in the case of the app analytics data, this is from MSN themselves, uh, the suit alleges that App Store, Apple Music, Apple TV books, and stocks broadcast the exact same info back to Cupertino, whether the option is toggled on or off. So this will be very interesting to see how this plays out. Um, I don't know whether this lawsuit is even, you know, all the way to the top. It, it could, honestly, if, if they actually have this the, enough evidence for this, it could go somewhere. But obviously, we'll update you on whether this goes, you know, anywhere or nowhere at all. So, yeah, very interesting. But, yeah, I mean, that, that then that's going to be a, a, a kind of a tough thing to do when you're accusing a, a huge company like Apple of, of something that they're advertising as, you know, reliable, especially when it comes to privacy. So, yeah. Um, yeah, we, we actually saw some more news related to that as well. They um, they went into the code, and I can't remember who it was, but yeah, they also saw some data profiles as well for That's, Apple. And I think okay, I think that might be the other thing like I saw. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's not really a surprise to see this coming. Um, we kind of assumed no. that that might be the case, and now it we're actually seeing some something come come from that uh, that leak. Yeah. No. And one more thing I would like to mention is that it's possible because, you know, with all the the legalities and lawyers that come into this play, there's it might be possible that in Apple's terms of service, there might be a little hidden thing there that says, well, this can be, you know, analyzed for yes. not being able to track or this can. There's always the little words or phrases or whatever that can. There's be always a stipulation slight. of you know in yeah. the fine print. So, yeah. So yeah, it'll be it'll be uh, definitely intriguing on on how this unfolds. But yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely staying on track with Apple. Uh, they began running rolling out uh, security response updates. So I don't know if you actually caught that on yours. I believe you're off the beta though, right? Uh, no, yeah, I'm not using the beta anymore, unfortunately. Yeah, so you're you're and and he only he only has one. He doesn't actually have a testing phone, so that that's the reason why he's not using the beta currently. Yeah, um, I don't have five phones like JD. <laughs> but <laughs> just uh, this this so the security response updates are for those who are on iOS 16, uh, the beta program, mm -hmm. and for those who are unfamiliar with the process or aren't on the beta profile, which I would assume is a sizable number of our listeners. This allows users to install security-only updates that Apple releases without having to install a larger feature-packed update. 
Um, yeah. In fact, for those of you who updated iOS 16, you should actually see this option. So go into your settings, scroll down to general, and you'll tap that, and then tap software update. And then you'll actually see automatic updates. If you tap on that, there you should see three options, one of which is security responses and system files. Uh, if, if you have that enabled, you should actually see future security updates from Apple. Hmm. Um, although, you, although to clarify, you shouldn't see any out now as, as, as of recent, just because, like I said, those were for the beta users. Um, but I mean, that being said, uh, I installed that security response and it took me less than a minute to install, hmm. which means after I downloaded it from the moment I tapped install and input my passcode, the phone restarted. It only took me about 45 seconds. That's really quick. So that, that, yeah, that means that Apple can just push out a security update and patch anything that may be vulnerable and you could have it done, you know, right away. I mean, and it is, it's, it's pretty quick considering that other iOS updates out there take anywhere from at least five minutes up to 10, maybe even longer, depending on, on what you're installing. So, yeah, that is good that they've added that. Um, especially, you know, cause with all the crazy things going out there in regards to, um, whatever issues that, um, come through in regards to security, if you can, if you have a company that's able to release updates and have you like update quick like that, I mean, that means that they're on top of it and they're willing to do that kind of stuff because they understand that there are, uh, you know, vulnerabilities, there are consequences, that type of thing. So, yeah, no, that's great to hear. Yeah, I think the, uh, and I, it, this one came in as an A. So, like, it had the um, 16.2, okay. it had the build number, and then outside of the parenthesis, it had the letter A. So, it just kind of meant that that was the A security response. And then, of course, you can have a B, a C, or a D, or whatever. Yeah. So, but in addition to that, real quick, we also saw um, in the latest full featured update via beta releases in 16.2 that Apple has now added a level of adjustment to the always on display where it pretty much allows you to disable the wallpaper from appearing as well as notifications. So you got your you wish up to date on this. Yes, I got my wish. <laughs> it means that the very minimal amount of info shown on the always on display is just the widgets that you select and then the time. So yeah, yeah. It, it, I, and I think it's funny because I, I saw this on multiple analysts uh, and, and articles and threads. It's funny how Apple, um, they, they kind of look at what the public wants and, and what their complaints are, mm-hmm. but they never actually address and say, oh, we were wrong or we're, we're, we're addressing this or something like that. It's just, it's just, they never take responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's almost kind of like they shield that part, which it's, it kind of rubs me the wrong way, especially with a, with a company that you have to, you know, pay Buku bucks to, to own their products. So, yes. But it is good, that at least, that we get that. It used to be only available when you put it into, I think it was sleep mode or do not disturb. One of yeah. those, it, it would mm-hmm. disable the wallpaper. But now yeah. you can actually customize that in there. So Yeah, yeah. I think I actually read that article or, or something close to by it. I didn't actually go into it, but I guess that that's great. I'm glad they, they add those options. Um, at and least- to clarify... And sorry, and to clarify, that is only for the iPhone 14s, just in case you guys are like looking for that. On yeah, 13 well, AOD isn't on anything else right, except yeah. the 14. I, did, I, yeah. I just want to clarify that just in case so. you're like, oh, why am I not seeing this in my settings? That, that's, that's the reason why it's yeah. not available in any older models. So. Yeah, that's good. Um, then actually coming off of Apple, we got some information from uh, Android Authority about the OnePlus 11. And um, they're saying that it could have a surprisingly premium body. So this OnePlus 11 is said to have uh, ceramic 
as part of its body. Which I don't think I've ever heard of a phone have ceramic, as far as I'm aware. Um, so yeah, ceramic, and then um, it's also said it's going to have a... Um, they're claiming it's going to have a, a curved screen with a punch hole selfie camera located in the upper left corner. Um, if true, this would match what was on the OnePlus 10 Pro. Um, it's also leaked to have uh, possibly 16 gigabytes of RAM uh, and then a storage of UFS 4.0. Uh, this would enable blazing fast performance when coupled with the expected Snapdragon HDN2 chipset. I think we did actually talk about that before. Um, I think it was another phone. A lot of phone. Most of the flagship phones that we're seeing now are going to have those Gen two. Obviously, they're switching have, over the two. Yeah, ones that have their own that silicone. Um, obviously, are going to do something different. But yeah, Snapdragon eight Gen two is the, is the newest one we're going for here. Uh, the other thing is uh, they're claiming that it's going to have fifty megapixel for the camera and run with the uh, Sony IMX eight ninety for the main camera, a forty megapixel for the ultra wide, which is five eighty one. And a 32 megapixel 709 for a two-time zoom camera. Um, that's basically all the information we have right now. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you think about that. But I'm honestly, I feel like OnePlus is kind of stepping their game up a little bit here in regards to specs. So yeah, it's always hard. It's always hard to tell because it, it, for them, I feel like the biggest downfall uh, in regards to OnePlus is execution. And I find yes. that I find that uh, something to appreciate because in their last released model, uh, as far as their main line, was the 10T, which we gave it some decent praise. Uh, unfortunately, it took away the alert slider, but um, they had a 50 megapixel uh, main camera and then mm -hmm. an 8 megapixel ultra wide. They had the 2 megapixel macro lens. Wow! So that's that would why be a major like, jump. I think. I think they're finally catching on to the fact that people do not care about macros, or at least not to the extent that you need to put in a dedicated macro lens. No, uh, a lot of a lot of these companies are actually utilizing the ultra wide for macro capabilities, and so you really should just focus on your main, your ultra wide, and your telephoto. And so I'm I'm really glad to see that they're kind of making that adjustment because uh, it says to me that they're trying to move more towards the mainstream. Um, design and specs to where the consumer can can utilize what anyone would expect them to have yeah i would agree with you right there a macro lens should be an addition it should not be a requirement for any new phone it's great to have and it takes it it's also really good for you know that type of photography for people who want that but it, again it's not necessary um, but for the, yeah, for them to go ahead and do this, that's that, that they're seeing the, you know, the results of their predecessor and, you know, making improvements on it. It's exactly what Google has been doing. Yeah. And, uh, I think we're going to jump back to a topic we hit on last week. And I just think it's time to notion the idea that for any few that are still out there holding out hope that things have to get worse before they get better. I just don't think it's going to get better. And this is uh, this is alluding to Twitter. Um, after the massive layoff that took place earlier this month for Twitter, which hit nearly 50% of the workforce at that company, mm -hmm. uh, this past week we came across news from multiple sources about how Elon Musk came in kind of like a bullheaded coach, theoretically trying to, I guess, motivate 
if that's even possible given the statement in this email. Um, the employees explaining how he wanted to see commitment that involved long hours, intense work, and ultimately describing the type of workers he wants as hardcore uh, to help structure what he termed Twitter 2.0. Hmm. Musk provided a link in the, e- in the said email that allowed them to respond with either a yes or a no that you know they're on board. And according to reporter Kylie Robeson, it looks as though nearly 75% of the employees left at Twitter after the first wave of downsizing decided to leave. Wow. So you first had the major layoff, and now you have 75% of what's left saying, no, we're done with this. We're we're not going to put up with this type of attitude here. And then to make matters worse, they announced uh, late last week that in an email that they're closing their office buildings and disabling all employee badge access. Um, and I think they expected to have the doors reopened yesterday. I'm not sure. I didn't get any confirmation on that. But it just kind of seemed like a really weird move by Musk, in my opinion. We've seen Musk make some interesting moves in regards to buying Twitter because we know that, I mean, he basically played with Twitter with the um, the CEO and everybody like a cat on a ball of string. <laughs> Like, you know, the, yeah. those whole months where he was just playing with them saying, oh, I want like, you know, 10% of the share. They were like, okay, no, I want the whole thing. They were like, okay, fine. And then he backed out and then he went back in. You know, there's there's some, you know, speculation on why he did that and everything like that. But, you know, Elon Musk, I feel like is a guy that doesn't go into something without a plan. I hope, and I, I obviously, like you said, there's very little hope for this, but I hope that he has something to see in the future for why he's doing this because nobody would just do all of that for no reason i feel like unless you're a completely idiot which i don't think musk is but yeah i mean we, we even had the uh john prosser reposted a uh tweet that says the designers leading elon musk's blue verified project are out along with the lead web engineer and many of the twitter employees who maintained critical infrastructure have resigned so it's just it's insane to see this take place and uh i feel like there's so much to say and analyze on this and i think the main point that i would come across is if you're a ceo of a company and you've been there for years and you make this kind of statement it may sound harsh it may sound intimidating uh, but if you know that your employees view you as the kind of person that they can trust and you're just simply relaying to them that you have a firm grasp on what's ahead and it involves some, you know, tough times. And you're just asking, yes. you know, for them to confirm that I'm still on board, uh, then that could be understandable Yeah, that, by all means. If, yeah, and agreed. I feel like if, if that were the case, then a little bit of rewording on Musk's email I would have been worth it. Yes. And, and we're going to post that in the description below. Yeah, I would say I was just about to say that exactly. Um, just saying it a little bit of a different way to get the point across. Yeah. I think so because that that does sound more of like a a way to like straightforward and just like hitting right to the core there. There's no like, yeah, like like you said, how would you say it? Like a um, it's kind of like a, a coach, a bullheaded coach, bullheaded coach. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, just. I mean, and, and and to address that, I mean, he's not he he he's not he hasn't been the CEO for for years. Nobody in that company knows, you know, you Elon Musk on a personal level, if any. Mm-hmm. Uh, or or if it is, it's on a very, you know, limited basis. Right. And many probably don't even like him. I mean, especially after you take an ax to nearly half of the employees that, you know, these guys have worked with, 
some of whom have even been close coworkers with each other and have developed relationships with. And then you come in and pretty much state that you're about to, I guess, own their life and expect perfection. It's pretty much how I would took from that email. Or otherwise, you just have the option to leave. And I bet you, and I know we're dragging on this topic a little bit too long. No, but I mean, I, it's, yeah. I bet you it's probably because he has that kind of um, standard for his own employees at um, Tesla. So it that, probably that's actually what I was going to transition to. Yeah. yeah, he probably relays that over to Twitter and he's like, okay, if my guys can do it, these guys can do it, which they can. But it's like you're basically saying, I want this standard for you guys now. You guys need to really push hard and put a lot of energy out there. It's like, yes, but like that's not the way you need to go about it and say it like that, I think. There, there's a better way to go about things, and that obviously was not the way. <laughs> yeah, and I so. mean, I know that, that, that Tesla employees, you know, do experience a lot of, you know, benefits in their packages yeah. with some solid, I mean, maybe not great pay, but some solid pay. And from what I understand, it is long hours, but I just don't feel like you can expect to take that kind of philosophy from one company that you own to another that you just acquired and expect yes. everyone to be okay with that, especially when you do it in such a, a brash manner. Yeah. Yeah. So great um, right there. I, I guess my closing thought is that at the beginning of all this debacle with the Twitter purchase, Musk said that this wasn't really necessarily about making money. And I don't think any of us really took him seriously because we've seen what he does with SpaceX. We've seen what he does with Tesla. And I assume we all have to assume that there was going to be some sort of level of profit on this. Right. And, and my guess, my question is, is was Twitter that far off before you purchased them that you had to make a massive downsize and then ask for some gruesome allegiance from those that are left just to stay afloat? Well, I, I would I would add to that and you have to kind of come finish this off. Um I think there were some employees that weren't necess really necessary. Um, I know quite a bit of people that literally just do TikToks or videos about day in the life of being a Twitter employee, and literally they hardly do anything. That was, and they get like all these bonuses and stuff and whatnot, and they hardly have to do any work. I think it was right for him to get rid of some employees that weren't just laying around and not doing anything. Yeah, I mean, there's, there, I, I think there's a certain level to that. I just. And I also know that he did say that there were certain um, ads and sponsors that defunded Twitter once he purchased them. Mm -hmm. But I just, I don't know. I just don't like the way this is this is coming across. I don't like the way he's addressing this company. And it's yeah. it's beyond just the fact that, oh, we could potentially lose this platform. That's plus this company could go down. It's the fact that this company is being treated in a way that really was undeserving, especially with employees that had such a, I guess a positive working environment is, is from what I understand. And he already put $46 billion into this thing. Yeah. You would, you would feel like you would have such a firmer grasp on not wanting to let this company go that badly. You know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I just, I mean, with all that being said, we, none of us know what the future of Twitter holds. Right. But I mean, I have a hard time believing that it will survive. I mean, not just the difficult times of this economy, but the, I guess you'd say Attila the Hun type of work environment that we seem to be getting a secondhand feel of. So yeah, for sure. Uh, and then actually moving along, we've got some information in regards to Nintendo. Um, and this is actually sort of like uh, our gaming part because we're adding this a little bit now. Um, but um, <laughs> Mario Kart 8 Deluxe's third wave of DLC courses. We added the same thing. 
No, I've been wanting that. I've already purchased the whole entire pack. I've been, is, is, did you get more tracks? Yes. Yes. Oh, my okay, goodness. Okay, you ready for this? So okay. So, um, just to name – I'll actually name all of them, but I'll name the first one because I know you're going to love this. Because JD and I used to play the Wii all the time, Mario yes. Kart. He yep. would dominate me every single time. Yep. With Yoshi. I yep. play Luigi, no matter what. But uh, I digress. So, the only one for Wii that we're getting is Maple Treeway. That was a fun one. You remember that one? It was when you went on a tree and there was... Oh, this the only one from Wii that we're getting on the Switch. The only one from Wii that we're getting on the Switch, yes. Yes, that was good. That was fun. Um, and then on mobile, which I have, I actually downloaded mobile, but I hardly even played it. So yeah, um, I we have two or London Loop, uh, okay. Merry Mountain, and yep. then the Berlin Byways. Then mm, from okay. the 3DS, we have Rock Rock Mountain and Rainbow Road. From okay. the DS, we have Peach Gardens. From the oh. Game Boy Advance, we have Boo Lake. Um, hmm. And that's all the ones that are on there. So, And this DLC will be... It is part of that pack that you were talking about. So, yep. And that pack uh, is costing $25. And that includes yeah. all six waves of the tracks, which amount to 48 tracks overall. Um, and this ends in late 2023. So yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, I've, I've been I've been waiting for that because I wanted to get some more tracks on that. I, I love playing that. So, but I mean, that's just, that's just me. I I know you guys. Oh, I, to I love it too. Call of Duty it. and stuff. So, uh, <laughs> hey, I play Mario Kart on the Switch. I'm horrible at it. I dominate Wii really good, but Switch and my wife dominates me on the Switch. Oh, so, well, I guess I guess she and I will have to face off on the uh, on the Switch. You guys will Mario have to Kart. see. You know, final yeah. countdown. Anyway, so yeah, that's the <laughs> that's some information for Nintendo for you. Oh wow, that is awesome! I'm so excited to see that. Yes, uh, in case you guys haven't kind of caught on, there are certain there, there are certain topics that Riley or myself will leave the other person out of, as far as like letting them know ahead of time. So, I was I was coming into this episode, I had no idea that that I didn't even see that article uh, in, in, throughout the week. So that that's really awesome to hear. And staying on topic with gaming, um, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate members can actually get, really weird, three-month free trial of Apple TV Plus and Apple Music. Huh. That's kind of a little out there. It's it's, it's out there. It's semi-understandable because I don't really think they have a streaming service of their own. I really don't think they have a music service of their own that does well. That's true. Groove Music, that's what it was. That's what Microsoft used to own was Groove Music, and they discontinued yes. it. Yes, so I, I I can understand why they're doing this. It's just a little odd. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Because uh, like in regards to um like we, well we were going to talk about the um, different plans for services and we never got to that. Um, but like how different plans like I think we, I think it was yes AT and T, they offer you like. Apple Music, Apple One. I think they offer the whole package. A lot of phone companies do that because it's a phone. That's kind of premium. And since literally 45% of um, the U.S. owns an iPhone, it kind of makes sense. But when you're talking about Microsoft, okay, we're looking more into, you know, Xbox. I don't, I don't see the correlation I don't think it's a 
big deal. I think it works fairly I well. I don't think so either. It's I think not it's a bad play a on Apple's part. Yeah, because I, I would have never thought they would have done this. Like, Because I know they recently announced that they were starting to do some Apple software embedding into Microsoft's uh, software. I think... Um, iTunes or something like that. I can't mm-hmm. remember what it was, but you can start getting the apps on the uh, Windows Store or whatever. So it, that Ooh. part doesn't really necessarily surprise me. It's just kind of interesting because it's it's not like they went for like a third party music streaming service like Spotify or something like that. They went directly to where the majority, you know, the masses are. Like you said, they yes. own iPhones. So they're like, okay, we're gonna hit them up with Apple TV Plus and Apple Music, and that's that's it. But um, we did want to hit up a couple deals. There are a lot. Couple. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot in the description or actually the link document. Um, but you guys, if you guys haven't noticed that in the description, because RSS only allows us a limited amount of characters, I can't put all hyperlinks in there. So you can always hit that link document and that will have all the deals in there. So, um, but yeah, we're going to hit, uh, mention a couple of them. One of them is the highly desired Sony WF-XM4s, which are $102 off. So they're originally $280, and now they're $170. So, which I still want to test those out. I've heard they have amazing noise cancellation. So. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And then another one we got is the AirPods Pro 2 are discounted $50. So they were $250, and now they're $200. And those were just released like two months ago. So, I mean... It's cl- it was close when they released it. It was close to Black Friday. Same same thing with uh, Google. So we're getting a lot of deals where a company releases a phone or a headphone or whatever, and then like literally a month or two later, Black Friday's there and you already get a deal on it. So that's pretty good. It is pretty good. Yeah, those. I think the AirPods Max also have a hundred dollar discount as well. I think they're down yeah. to uh, four fifty. So. Um, and then the Apple Watch Ultra hits its largest discount price at $60, dropping from 800 down to 740 which I know that's still a lot of money, but $60 on an Apple discount is, yeah, it's, it's fairly desirable. So Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then um, the four-pack uh, for AirTags that you get are down $20. So originally you get uh, four for 100 uh, but now uh, for this limited time you can get $80 for those four. Yeah, yeah, I was excited to see that one because um, I've already got my four-pack, but who knows, another four never hurts. So, and then we do have the LG A2 uh, 48-inch OLED 4K TV, which was $1,300, and now it's down to five seventy. So that's like $700-plus saving right there. Yeah, that's a big chunk. That's like one of the biggest chunk deals I've seen so far this year for deals. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's an outgoing model, I would guess. I'm, I'm sure that might be probably, probably. continued, yeah. Yeah. So then we have the Garmin Phoenix 7. Uh, was 700 now it's 600 so you're getting $100 savings right there as well. Yeah, I actually think, uh, I, I know that uh, Jaime Rivera on Pocket Now Daily, he, he definitely is a big fan of uh, some of those Garmin models out there. So, But with that, with that being said, yeah, that's all the deals we have for today. Um, there is like a cornucopia of di- discounts out there on Amazon, Walmart, uh, Best Buy. Definitely some that you can hit up even right now. You don't even have to wait for Black Friday. So... Um, feel free to check uh, those out in the links below. And I did want to clarify one thing that these are not affiliate links. So Stern's Tech Talk does not get any kickback from these links. These are just direct, yeah, um, straight to the retailer. So, um, I, I guess what I would say in this next uh, topic here is is the question that have you noticed a pattern with Apple where they recycle designs, like with their thirteen, the twelve. 
basically the same uh, thing. Not even that. I mean, I mean, just just throughout their entire generations of iPhones, where they just recycle designs and they kind of just play around. Yeah, with pretty it. much. I mean, yeah, I I notice it quite a bit actually, but yeah. I mean, we had the first few iPhones that have, you know, a rounded edge design. Then we moved on to the iPhone 4 and 4S with a flat edge design. Then we moved back to the rounded edges with the iPhone 6, which actually stuck on with us for quite a while, uh, right up till the iPhone 12. Um, well, I guess it's that time of decade again where rounded edges are making a comeback. Well, sort of. Um, <laughs> so according to Shrimp Apple Pro, which is a reliable leaker on Twitter, we are expected to see the next year's iPhones will have flat edges on the front side of the edge of the phone, and then we'll see the back side of the edges curve around the back face. So it's sort of like a MacBook or iPhone 5C. That's kind of what we're looking at, where I feel like the first iPhone did have a little bit of curvature on the front. This is pretty much supposed to be... Well, I can't really say flat out flat because that's pretty much what it is. So I know our dad had the iPhone 5. I never, yes. I think my best friend, he had the iPhone 5C, I think. And um, that's the only time I've ever actually held the 5C was like six or seven years ago. So I've actually never really had a whole lot of experience with this um, body design before. Yeah. I am actually, in my opinion, I'm not against it. I think it's... no. It's it's a it's a classic. It's more of a um it's sort of a niche in a sense because it brings back an old design that Apple's really never used. The iPod Touch. Yes. It has a bit of iPod Touch to it. Yeah. I I would say it's it's oh awfully close. Um yeah. But I think because of the thickness and the fact that the iPod Touch was a down dumbed down version of an iPhone, it'll be a little bit thicker. Um but yeah, there's the there's the 5. Yeah. So um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's nothing to get crazy about because like I said, I feel like they're just recycling designs throughout their products and it's like, oh, well, we were full flat. Now we're going to go back to half flat, half round. So, which I'm not, I'm not against at all because we've already talked about this. We've, we've said that we're not a big fan of flat edges. And I feel like if there was one part of the body that you would want to go round on, it's the back where your hand is holding it. Yeah. And I would also add to that. I think we're starting to see Apple, Maybe trying to test the waters almost to see what kind of original design their consumers like the best. Um, because you and me, obviously, I think we're in agreement. Like you said, that flatage design, it worked pretty good with the iPhone 5. It it was smaller, yeah. It was smaller, and it that's why I think a lot of people like the 13 Mini because it had yes. that original design. But I didn't for, mind that at all. For the 13, 14, eh, I don't know. I'm kind of iffy about that one. But maybe they're trying to see, okay, you guys kind of didn't like that one. What if we did this one instead? <laughs> yeah, and I, th I think that's really where it came down to because we even talked about the fact that we were really a big fan of the iPads being flat-edged because they were bigger and we needed to have more rigidity on the side. Yes, Yes. Uh, with smaller f devices, I just don't feel like that works. And I'm kind of glad that they're making some small adjustments to this. And I, I hope it's more comfortable in the hand. Yeah. So uh, moving on to something that's been very pressing to me today. So my wife, um, how her family works, um, what they do is they do hand-me-downs. So uh, her aunt just got the new 14. I think I actually was the 14 Pro. Um, and then... 
she passed down her phone to her, I think it was her niece, one, the other niece, and then that niece passed down her phone to my wife, so she has the SE2. This is her first official iPhone, where she's actually might be converting to Apple. Um, <laughs> and then she also got the uh, Apple Watch Series 3 as well. Um, and obviously, as we talked about, I think it was like a couple months ago, Apple, uh, the Series 3 is no longer receiving any updates, which is not a horrible thing. It's still it's still a good watch and all. However, today, um, we got the charger for her. She was charging it. It was working fine. We went to update it to 8.7.1. And I know this update so well, it's like ingrained in my mind right now. It's a nightmare. We went to update it on her phone. It kept saying that her wi- she needed Wi-Fi for it which she was connected to Wi-Fi. So we were trying to figure out, okay, is there something wrong with like the watch? Do we need to change some settings or something? Which you can't do unless it's actually fully connected and you've done all the steps to go and, you know, complete the setup. So then um, we're just trying to figure out like, okay, is it is it the, um, the phone? Do we need to update it? So we tried to make sure it was updated. It was updated fully. We kept doing this for like an hour and it kept redoing the thing. It doesn't, it's not connected to Wi-Fi. It's not connected to Wi-Fi. We then did it on my phone and it still didn't work. It did the same exact thing. We then took about 30 minutes to research this. And apparently it's not just us. There are, I don't know what it is. It's the, the S, the three and the four are having this exact same issue with a lot of people right now. Um, and it's specifically with that patch update. So what we're finding is that, and this is just speculation, which I'll get to in a second here. All these people are realizing they can't update um, when they get... Because we've been hearing a lot of people wanting to buy the um, Watch Series 3 for Christmas. They're probably not going to be able to do it because there's this update loop issue. What we're thinking is that Apple may be doing this so that way you are forced to buy a newer watch. Um, again, that is a major speculation. I honestly have no evidence to back that up, but there's a lot of people like, and it, it, strangely enough, it started happening in October, the beginning of October. There were loads of people ever since October that have been having this issue. And we're not sure if it's just a thing where, um, there's this update issue. Cause it's, it's Apple's last big update for the watch series three. And people have said, well, we tried going to the Apple store. Uh, some people were able to resolve it by going back to 15.6.1. Um, you would obviously have to do have developer beta or whatever for that developer mode. But I think what needs to happen is Apple needs to go back and resolve this issue. Because there's a, I'm telling you, man, there's like a lot of people that are having this problem. It was not just us. And we spent three or four hours trying to work on this thing and now she can't use her watch you know it's it's something that i wouldn't put past apple we've they've been they've been caught in certain shall we say unethical practices to encourage consumers to buy a newer model and um from a from a tech analyst perspective, it's something that if it, obviously if it is true, I, I don't know why they have to do that because it just it puts it puts a bad taste in people's mouths thinking that 
I have to upgrade to this newer model because this thing is not working anymore or I can't even install the update and yet I bought it brand new. This was this this was brand new. It wasn't refurbished. No, it was it was a hand-me-down. It was a Oh, it was hand-me-down. Okay. Oh, because she had to unpair it. Okay. She had to yeah, the person who had it before The owner has to unpair it and then you have to read They had okay. to erase it. So, but she didn't never updated it was the thing. If uh, she had updated it, we wouldn't have had this issue. Oh, yeah. But because what we is have it to running right now. I don't know. Oh, because you can't access it. Okay. Uh, yeah, I can't access to what that what it needs, but it, it needs the newest update, and we can't get past it at all because you know. Apple. See, that's the that's the oh okay because you're running iOS 16. Yes, if we had so from what people have said, this issue is not and this see this is the thing, this issue is not so much on anything below 15.6 so that tells me that apple put something into the watch or into the update or whatever that prohibits you from being able to use it if it's a new if if it's already been used past that it's fine you can still update it but it just it's very sketchy honestly because you had after 15.6 people starting to have have this issue after october people starting to have this issue so I don't know. It's just speculatory at this point. I have no evidence to back up my claim, but that's what it I is. mean, that's all you really have to go on based on Apple's reputation, which is pretty yeah. sad because you wouldn't think that that would be even yeah. included in such a semi-trustworthy company, which I that kind of sounds like a contradiction or an oxymoron, but out of all the companies out there, you would expect it not to be Apple to be doing this. I can understand why one people don't like apple because of their high prices because of their limitations on innovative features and also because of their ghostly manipulation to the consumer right absolutely um so it's it's pretty sad that not just your wife but many people have to experience this type of ordeal just because of a software update and the thing is, like, I wouldn't be speculating this if Apple hadn't already made this kind of crap before. Yeah. We saw the exact same thing with the iPhone 6. Right. It's it's just, it's a repeated action that Apple seems to do. Not every single time, but it's like, when we once shame on me, you know, fool me twice, shame on you. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's now that like whole we're on thing. the third or fourth time. <laughs> now, yeah, now we're on, like, I don't trust you at all, like... You know, yeah. I trust you enough with your security, and even now we're possibly getting. Which I mean, inc- on that. incidentally, uh, another discount that was not included in there is uh, on Amazon. The Series Eight non-cellular is uh, fifty dollars off. She saw that, yeah. It's three hundred fifty, three hundred fifty dollars for that model. Um, so, what are you gonna do? Well, I mean, what can you do? Uh, <laughs> you know? Well, it's I'm just... going to be getting her most likely. Um, in December, I'm going to get her the Watch 8. I already told her about it, but I'm going to get her that. Yeah. Because I'm, sure, I'm sure she'll like that because that's added some new features. Yeah, and I'll be the only one in this family without a watch. Anyway. Um. Well, hey, if you get your 6, you can use the 3. <laughs> that is true. But with all that being said, we do appreciate you guys checking out this week's episode. Uh, definitely click on that link for YouTube so you can um, select some of those chapters for uh, topics of interest. 
and go ahead and rate the show. Definitely follow the channel. Hit that bell for future notifications on episode releases. And we will catch you guys on the next one. We certainly hope you guys have a happy Thanksgiving. This is JD and Riley signing off. Peace out. Peace out.